This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha Ha Laugh Funny Mention It All, a Bravo by Betches podcast. We don't say that, but now we said it. With Dylan Hafer. Who gonna check me, bro? Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I'm Dylan Hafer, and today we are doing a little solo vibe. We've got lots of stuff to catch up on, we've got lots of shit to talk, we've got a Beverly Hills episode to recap. I just wanted. I just wanted to chat with you. And so that's what we're doing today. First of all, before we get into Beverly Hills, I want to get into some things that have been on my mind lately and that have been, you know, in the in the press lately, you could say. I am going to talk a little bit about Below Deck Sailing Yacht too. I'm freshly caught up and I have a lot of thoughts. But first of all, I want to tell a little story. So Sunday night, I attended the New York premiere of Downton Abbey, A New Era, And, you know, I'm a big Downton Abbey fan. It was a very fun, loved the movie, fun premiere, great event. But most importantly, one, Sonia Morgan was in attendance. And perhaps even more importantly, one, Quincy Adams Morgan was in attendance with her mother, Sonia Morgan. You guys, I got to meet the kid. I got to meet Quincy. I had a lovely chat with Quincy and with Sonia. First of all, Quincy is so fucking beautiful. Like, just stunning. Just lovely. It was fun to see them on the red carpet together. First of all, Sonia was one of the first people to arrive on the red carpet. Gotta love her. A prompt queen. Um, (laughs) And I could see, so where my spot was in the kind of press line, I was at the very end of the carpet. Like, as people were arriving and walking toward me to get into the premiere. So I was, I had a view of everyone that was showing up and then they kind of worked their way over. So obviously it ended up getting crowded, but because Sonia was like the second person to get there, she is on the red carpet all by herself, just posing up a storm. If you want to laugh a little bit, go to Getty Images and search for the photos of Sonia from this event because there are all of these like high quality official photos where she's just like, she's popping her foot, her arms are in the air. She was having the time of her life and Quincy was like very respectfully just kind of like standing there. But they eventually came over. I got to talk to them a little bit. And then uh, I also saw them at the after party. Sonia uh, was, you could say she was living her best life. We talked a little bit about what she's been up to. She and Quincy are both in the city for the summer. Quincy has a job. She would like you to know. (laughs) But it was was really lovely to see Sonia. I was a little sad because I was told Dorinda was also supposed to be there, but she wasn't. I didn't see her. No Dorinda. So, but it was very fun getting to see Lady Morgan, chatting with her. I need to see if I can get her on this podcast because she... She said she would, but I'm not sure if she would remember that she said she would. 
So we'll work on that. But I, she did tell me that she is Andy's favorite, her words, not mine. Um, and so uh, if you ask her if she's going to be on Roni Legacy, she said she's Andy's favorite. So I don't know what's happening with that. To me, it doesn't seem like there is any kind of timeline yet. But Sonia Morgan, love to see Sonia in the city. She said she's got some more shows coming up. Go see those. Always a fun time. We have to talk about some of the uh, the marriage news that's been happening in Bravo Land this week. First of all, Lisa and Lenny Hochstein headed for divorce, according to Lenny. The way this panned out in the public is so upsetting on Lisa's behalf. Because w- the last couple weeks, it was like, the rumor was they got into an altercation at a club in Miami because he showed up with some other girl. And then he was like spotted out and about again. There's paparazzi videos of him with another woman. Then on Monday this of this week, I think this article drops where he has Lenny is on the record confirming that he's divorcing Lisa, confirming that he's dating this woman, Katerina Mazeppa, who's like 25 or something. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's over. It is what it is. Meanwhile, Lisa is like, uh, what? Like, what's happening here? Am I no longer the boob goddess? Do I have to move out of the house? All this stuff. She puts out a statement later in the day that's basically like, hello, yeah, like, I'm heartbroken. (laughs) Ha ha. Glad I'm over here worrying about the kids. Lenny is out here, like, you know, trying to get his dick wet. Just... I don't understand the men on these shows because Miami is filming right now. Don't you forget. They've been out and about. They were in Key West. They've been on trips. They've been doing glam. Everybody, you know, Lisa and Larsa were wearing matching Mugler bodysuits. They're going hard for season five. What makes men who come on Real Housewives think that they can act like this and not have a million people, literally a million people that watch the show thinking they're the fucking scum of the earth. And maybe he doesn't care, but look, Bravo fans don't forget and trust and believe they don't forgive. So I don't know. Lenny also got slapped with another malpractice lawsuit uh, (laughs) earlier this week. Allegedly, he botched a woman's boob job so bad that she had to have like four surgeries and she says she got infected each time, which... And she was left scarred and with no breasts, which, you know, if you go in for a boob job and you end up with no breasts, it's kind of like the opposite of what you were going for. So I don't know. I hope Lisa figures out the money situation before the malpractice lawsuits kick in, because, you know, if she wants half of something, it better be before the lawsuit, you know? But anyway, over in Orange County, Jen and Ryan, legal separation, color me shocked. You know, I just, Jen is one of those people where it's like, she came on the show, the marital issues were on full display, and sometimes there is an inkling of like, 
oh, are they playing it up for the cameras? This, they know it's a good storyline. They're probably both in on the joke. There was some law, you know, the legal stuff that happened with them. Um, if you go, if you want more details on that, go back and listen to my episode with Kiki Monique, the talk of shame from a couple months ago, because we really got into it. And I think that was never addressed on the show, really. It's like, okay, sometimes I think couples kind of play up their issues for the camera. They're both kind of working as a team. But, oh God, they just like seemed miserable together on the show. And it seemed like every other episode, Jen would kind of flip-flop on whether she thought they were going to be divorced tomorrow or whether things were getting better and they were working through it and Ryan was moving out and then he was moving back in. And then, you know, I just, it's a lot. But anyway, they're filed for legal separation. Nobody is surprised. I do wonder, I don't know where in the process Orange County is right now. I haven't heard any rumors or whispers or anything about filming for next season. So I don't know if they're casting right now, if they're putting out on pause for a little bit again. But like this, I could see this separation timing being some sort of last ditch attempt to get a second season for Jen. And I just don't see it because... They had marital problems last season, and I don't know that anyone really cared. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I hope Ryan, if they get divorced, hopefully Ryan gets a shirt. You know, he needs it. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about effective shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honeylove. Splash refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin 
Mandarin Orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. But anyway, let's talk. I want to talk about Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. Guys, I am loving this season so far. I think this cast, it's a big cast. We still haven't met Cherie. We still haven't seen Kathy. You know, so it's a big cast, but still not quite the full the full number. But this week, at least, we do get all eight of our housewives because we meet, we finally meet Diana Jenkins. Wow. I will talk about more about her in a minute. But I'm really enjoying this season so far. We're only two episodes in. But to me, I feel like everybody in the cast understands the assignment, is pulling their weight. I'm loving the friendships, the frenemy ships, the enemy ships, you know, there's lots of ships going on. But first of all, we start at Dorit and PK's house. And this is, I don't know, a day or two after the robbery. The timeline here, I'm trying to keep it straight. The robbery happened. The next morning, Teddy, Rinna, Erica, Kyle go to the house. Later that day, they go to Kyle's house. And I believe at Kyle's house, Rinna was saying that Harry's birthday party was the next day. If I'm correct about that, then it really is the next day, which seems crazy. But, you know, life goes on. But <laughs> so we see that there's a giant portrait of PK and Dorit, which is just like so funny to me. The glass door is all boarded up and PK is like updating her on the situation with the investigation. She's like, they want us to know, babe, we've got the full weight of the LAPD. There were security guards downstairs. The kids still don't know anything. I don't know. To me, <laughs> saying that you have the full weight of the LAPD on your side is not like especially comforting to me. But, you know, I get it. They want to prosecute the full, throw the book at them. But we find out later at Harry's party that they didn't take most of Dorit's jewelry because there was like a Louis Vuitton case or something. And PK, God love him, is on TV talking about how easy it would have been for somebody to take all the jewelry, but they didn't. And it's like, PK, PK, baby, I really hope that the jewelry is not still sitting on Dorit's nightstand in a Louis Vuitton case because I'm sure one or two people with sticky fingers are watching this episode and being like, like taking notes. Come on. Come on now. But um, no, Dorit is like, oh, I just I just want to go out and get dressed up and work. And it's like, I appreciate that. I think I, I get it. But it's funny because like when she says she wants to go out and work, like, does that mean going to Harry's birthday party? Because that is that's work. Or does she mean like, is Beverly Beach still happening? It is like I went to the website recently and it's definitely like still a thing. But it's always funny with housewife businesses how like the when they start them, it's like they act so busy with it. And then the second it's like launched and they have their big party and that like storyline has ended, you barely hear about it again. It's like we had Dorit had the wedding dresses, the Beverly Beach. And then now what is like what is work? Is she is work just 
filming? <laughs> like, is this one of those things where it's like, that's code for filming? I don't know. We do see in the preview for next week's episode, Kyle is opening like a Kyle Shahida store. So that's still happening. Who would have thunk? Like two seasons ago, that was the um, the season premiere of season 10 when Denise was still there and it faded from the fashion show and Kyle's like, we were all so happy that day. Little did we know (laughs) how bad things would get. And it's like, I don't think we'll, I wouldn't be surprised if we never saw Denise Richards again. And Kyle and Shahida through all the, the fire and the pandemic and the highs and lows has persevered. And now they have a brick and mortar store Shopping in person, it's the future. Um, Sutton, her store seems to be doing well. They're having an event. Lots of lots of uh, retail going on for these ladies. I'm excited for them. But we get a couple of uh, one-on-one scenes to sort of reestablish where things are with the group. We have Kyle and Rinna getting lunch together. They're getting Chardonnay and iced tea and grilled chicken salads. Very fun. And then we have Sutton and Crystal eating cake. At Lady M. Sutton has um has partnered with them on a pancake cake, as she calls it. It's actually called a crepe cake. And I believe I'm trying Sutton's peach cobbler crepe cake very soon. I'm supposed to be. So I will certainly be letting you know how that is. It looks delicious, and I can't wait to taste it. Not always a big fan of peach, but I can be down. If it's like gourmet peach. I can be down. But, you know, Rena's filling, Rena's filling Kyle in on this Watch What Happens Live debacle where Sutton said that she paid for their tickets and Kyle has the number one movie with Halloween Kills, which is very exciting. And, you know, to be fair, Kyle was kind of the best part of Halloween Kills. I saw it the first night it came out. I'm excited for the third one, mostly because Kyle is still going to be in it. Love that for her. I don't think she had to get bangs this time. Funny how they f- how they found her a wig this time after she made a whole storyline of having to cut her hair. But yeah, Rinna's still mad about the Watch What Happens Live thing. Crystal asks Sutton how she is with Erica. You know, not great. But yeah, it's, it's good to get these little catch-up moments. It, I kind of forget that we're still only two episodes into this season. So you have to have these kind of resets. We haven't seen everybody, you know, one-on-one getting a sense of the dynamic But everything is really just kind of leading up to Harry Hamlin's 70th birthday party. On the way there, Kyle, of course, stirs the pot just a little bit. And she tells Dorit what Sutton said at her house after the day of the robbery when Sutton was like, you know, we're we're all putting out fires, Kyle. I've had a hectic day. My designer from France stuck in customs. I'm sorry I didn't get held at gunpoint, Kyle, okay? So Kyle tells Dorit that Sutton said that. And it's like, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. I think Kyle sometimes gets a little bit of a free pass with how messy she is. Like, I I think people, because she's like the OG and kind of like face of Beverly Hills. Like, I think people just think of her as this kind of like even keeled figure, which she is, but also like, She's kind of a bone carrier sometimes. Like she will really like relay the message. And, do, and this is a classic example where she and Dorit are in the car 
the only reason for her to tell that to Dorit is to get Dorit to sort of like go, huh, about Sutton and like to plant a seed of maybe an issue there. Because in the in the premiere, it seems like Dorit and Sutton are probably fine. But anyway, we get to the party. They're having bolognese, which <laughs> Garcelle says she's afraid of spaghetti sauce now. And she'll make sure to tell the chef thank you like 12 times. This party is kind of lame, kind of weird. It's very clear that this is a a party only in the sense that it is a group filming event and there is no real there's no real illusion that this is an actual party where Harry's like friends and acquaintances and colleagues have been invited. And it's a little strange because that would make sense to me if it was like Rinna's party or, you know, Sutton, you know, anybody else's like one of the women's party. But it's like Harry Hamlin is like barely involved with the show. So it's unfathomable to me. Like, I don't believe that Harry doesn't have a whole other world of people in his life that like he's not spending time with Erica and Kyle and so it's a, it's a little weird to me that it's like, happy birthday, Harry. And it's all of these people that he sees like four times a year on camera. But, you know, it is what it is. I noticed in this episode, they're wearing masks like inside restaurants and stuff kind of more than I recall seeing on any other Bravo show for a while. I don't know if this was a California thing still in the fall when they were filming, but like Kyle, Kyle's complaining about wearing a mask. Dorit's wearing a mask when she shows up to the thing. So maybe they're still not really allowed to have like parties. I don't know. If you want to tell me in a five-star review what COVID protocols were like in California in October, LMK, but otherwise we can just um, accept that Harry's birthday party is a little bit sad. Sutton and Lisa have this awkward tension with each other. Garcelle's like egging Sutton on to go talk to Lisa. And she's like, no, I can't go alone. I can't. Garcelle, I I can't. I I, I do like Lisa though, because she's also small breasted. So that makes me feel comfortable. It's like, what are you talking about? But at this party, we get our first glimpse of Miss Diana. She is here with her fiancé, Asher, who has long hair and a giant bottle of Croatian wine. Asher is definitely a cutie. Lisa introduces us to Diana a little bit, says her accent is part of her mystique. Dorit is shaking in her boots because we have another accent joining the Beverly Hills crew. And this time, apologies to Dorit, but it's somebody who actually is from somewhere that's not America. (laughs) Like, Dorit's like, well... Well, you know, I'm from Connecticut, and then I've spent time in London, and then I've spent time in Italy, and so now I live in Beverly Hills. So, Andy, you can imagine that it's just all jumbled up, and that's, this is how I speak. Jaggy, baby. But with Diana, I'm not going to do a Diana accent, because I simply have not had time to um, prepare that. I'm sure it'll come. But, like, Diana's from Bosnia. Diana lived in London as a refugee after she fled Bosnia. She has every right to have an accent. (laughs) She was born with it, baby. English not as a first language. That is, I truly believe that is how she speaks. So Dorit, tough times for Dorit with the accent. But so we find out that she knows Crystal and Lisa. Crystal tells us that Diana Jenkins is like super fabulous and that she once told her, 
What's cute about you is you're relatable and I am not. I am I'm I'm loving her energy right off the bat, not because I like her, but because I am very intrigued by her and I feel like she is going to be spicy. We we all saw the trailer moment where she was like you need a new villain here I am. And I just I I want to know everything about her. I literally I'm looking at my notes. I have like 14 bullet points of just like facts about her life just from what she tells us on the show i'm not going to get into all the like reddit rumors and whatever about her background i don't have the bandwidth right now but like she just seems fascinating erica wants to marry her for the money she says erica jane erica jenkins doesn't quite have the ring to it but speaking of rings she's got like 12 cartier ones so you know erica would be down for that (laughs) erica's like listing off her dating qualifications and it's like Rich, sex, money, panther ring. That's like up there on the list for her. So, you know, you know, she would be into that. I feel like Erica's dating qualifications has nothing to do with like the person. It's strictly about the bank account. Is that bad? Whatever. I'm not judging. But pretty quickly at this dinner, we turn to the topic of Sutton on Watch What Happens Live. And Sutton, to her credit, starts off the conversation by acknowledging that she overspoke on Watch What Happens Live, and she apologizes to Lisa for hurting her and Harry's feelings. First of all, okay, rewinding a little bit, Sutton told us earlier in the episode that after the Watch What Happens Live thing, not only did Lisa clap back at her, but she got a text from Harry. Which is a little—it's a little weird to me. I know if you've listened to my Jersey recaps with Jordana, I'm not super into like I don't care that much about like men staying out of women's business. Like that to me is kind of like a dumb, a dumb thing that they like lean on. But like, I feel like Lisa could have like handled that interaction from. Like, from Lisa and Harry to Sutton, fuck off. I don't feel like that needed to be a separate text from Harry to Sutton. Unless they're, like, closer than we realize and have, like, a texting relationship. But that's not really the vibe I got. But anyway, we find out, first of all, Diana apparently is very involved with this Elton John event. She's one of the main underwriters of the event. And I'm like, okay, oh, she's rich, honey, as Lisa would say. But so Lisa says that she got an email before this Elton John dinner that she was supposed to go with Sutton and that she and Harry had like released her their tickets, their normal tickets or whatever, because they were supposed to be at Sutton's table. And then Lisa says she got an email just days before the event that Sutton had canceled her table. So Harry and Lisa had to like scramble at the last minute to barter for tickets with like a brand, which is also weird to me because I'm like, did Lisa and Harry not want to pay for the tickets or was it sold out like that? I would like some clarity on. But anyway, Sutton is like, she does my favorite thing, which is now Lisa. When she does the now Lisa, even when she types it on Instagram, it, you get you get the vibe. She's like, you can tell that she's like, 
don't start a fight you can't finish, that kind of thing. And Sutton has the receipts. And Garcelle, three cheers for Garcelle because she is sitting at the table and she's like, she knows what's up. Sutton, you know that Sutton already showed her the receipts. Sutton already told her what's happening. And Sutton is like playing a little coy. She's like, well, you know, I wouldn't cancel a table, Lisa. Come on. And Garcelle's like, Sutton, show it. Get out those receipts, girly. Pick through your purse and find the papers and read them out for the world to see. And in the confessional, she puts on her readers and she reads, okay, confirmed. Here's my Amex. Two tickets for Lisa and Harry. $11,500 were confirmed. Good to go. And Lisa is still like, you can tell Garcelle's like, well, she put for the table. What do you want me to say? You can tell that Lisa is not going to admit it or own it, you could say. But she is like gagged a little bit. She's like, uh, well, I don't uh, <clears throat> like she doesn't fully have like she maintains that she did still get that email that the table was canceled, which like maybe she did. Maybe there was some miscommunication error, whatever. But like she's adamant that this thing was canceled, but she doesn't she doesn't have a receipt. And the thing is, I didn't love Diana's first real jump into group drama was her being like, guys, this is tacky. We're we're better than this. We can't we're why are we fighting about this? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, first of all, Diana, like you just got here. This is kind of what we do. Like, we're gonna hash it out. This dinner that is allegedly a birthday party for Harry Hamlin is actually a just a filming event and <laughs> there's supposed to be drama and the guys have like conveniently left they're talking about like medieval times like men like wiping their asses I don't know like what drugs Mauricio did before this party but like he's off on another planet like Diana babe this is normal and then Lisa <laughs> I love that Kyle called her on this Lisa is like yeah, yeah, Sutton, this is tacky. We don't do this. It makes the charity look bad. It's embarrassing. And it's like, Lisa fucking Rinna, of all people, to be like, oh yeah, it's embarrassing if we have an argument in public, even though in this case, public is an empty ass restaurant that we're the only people at. It's like, girl, what are you saying? And Kyle... <laughs> In the confessional, she's like, you know that Lisa had the receipts like ready to go. And then when Diana said it was tacky, she like hid them under the table. Like, absolutely. And it was a little bit unsatisfying because Lisa didn't like finish the fight. It kind of felt like she saw Sutton's receipt. And I don't know if she had a receipt or if she had a comeback planned, but she kind of like almost bowed down to Diana a little bit in that moment, which was strange because she just caught you. But anyway, that's how that happens. Um, and Kyle says that Diana is there not only as a friend, but a character witness for Rinna, which is like, ooh, I feel like Lisa Rinna is kind of like flailing a little bit. Like, I feel like she's really trying to like do something and it's not quite working. And when she's like, Sutton, don't do that. It's, it's giving very like Erica. It's not a threat. It's a promise. But like, I don't think she actually is like going to back it up. I don't know. Rinna's tough. Rinna's tough. Sutton then apologizes again. Like Sutton doesn't want to fight about this. She just like said something on Watch What Happens Live and is like, I'm not a liar. 
But Erica asks where her apology is. And Sutton says she's not getting one because I don't like you. And Erica's like, great, it's mutual. And then Sutton tries to shake her hand. Erica says, go fuck yourself. And I just like, the dynamic between the two of them is so wild because like, I don't really think they've talked at all or like seen each other since last season or since the reunion taping, I guess. But like, they hate each other. They really, really are like not vibing in any way. And I kind of love it because I think Sutton, if Erica was like 10% less bitchy, I think Sutton would kind of let her back in, but she's, but Erica doesn't want to fuck with Sutton. And so Sutton's like, fine, I'm good. I'm the rich one. I, I saw a tweet last night that was like, why are these girls threatened by Erica? If I saw her, I would call her broke every time. And I'm like, I feel like Sutton should embrace that. She'd be like, oh yeah, I just spent $100,000. Erica, do you need money? How are you doing financially? I would, I would love Sutton to kind of like turn the knife a little bit. Anywho, Sutton and Rinna make up. Sutton's like, I adore you. Both Kyle and Garcelle call bullshit. Erica on Watch What Happens Live said that's like a fake makeup. I totally agree. I mean, I just like at this point, Sutton has Sutton has like secured herself on the show. She and Garcelle are so close. She's good with Crystal. She's good with Kyle. It wouldn't make sense to me for her to kind of just like give in and like be friends with Rinna again because she doesn't need her and Rinna's a shitty friend. Next up, we go to Diana's house, her lovely home in the Hidden Hills, and we we get some information about her. First of all, she says that she usually likes to rotate between a set of five to six houses at any given time, which is just a wild sentence to say, but I I believe her. A little bit of background. She tells us she grew up in Bosnia. The war broke out in Bosnia when she was 19 and her parents were, you know, trying to figure out how to get them out of the country. There was a lot of violence. So she fled Bosnia and was a refugee in London, didn't have a penny to her name. Uh, She says that she was basically like broke, struggling for 10 years. She met her husband in London. He was a very wealthy investment banker. Uh, She has two kids with him, Ines and Anaya. First of all, her son is hot. He's like 22, 23, very cute, and kind of similar looking to her fiance. I'm not the only one to point it out. I'm not the first one to point it out. She even says (laughs) that... She had trouble. Other people had trouble. It's unclear. Somebody had trouble telling the difference between her husband and her fiance. Make of that what you will. Lots to unpack with Diana. But now she's engaged to Asher. She said she was only single for like five minutes before she met him at a Victoria's Secret party, which to me, that's a red flag. Uh, Victoria. <laughs> if they met at a Victoria's Secret party circa like any time pre-pandemic, I'm like... Yikes. Lots of red flags on that guest list, I'm sure. But it was supposed to be a one-time thing. Then they kept hanging out and having fun. And he's 15 years younger than her, uh, making him 33 and her 48, if uh, if you want to do a little bit of math. She leaves us to do the math, which I appreciate because we saw on Potomac last season how it went when Mia tried to explain the age difference between her and her husband. But I'm excited to see what we get from Diana this season. She is clearly a very interesting person. She has a lot of layers a lot of a lot of things to discover, thing secrets to find. I feel like she's going to be 
Crystal says she's a firecracker, and that sounds right. But I hope she realizes that fighting in public isn't tacky. It's the job description. And then the last scene of the episode, Kyle goes to Sutton's store, and Sutton is getting ready to have an event with her favorite designer, Alexi Mobile, who, of course, is the designer who was stuck in customs the day of Dorit's burglary. And Kyle just cannot get over the way that Sutton reacted when she was at her house. And it feels like this is something where Kyle is like so determined to make it a moment or like to get under Sutton's skin or to get a reaction out of her or to be right. And Sutton just like will not budge. And okay, last week's episode, I thought it was, I did think it was a little Sutton's response was a little weird. It was a little cringe to watch. Whatever the background was, it was a little cringe. But then I also like love that Sutton is fucking weird like that. Like I love that about her and it makes her so entertaining to watch. But you can tell that Kyle, Kyle's like brain is breaking the way that Sutton is responding because she's like, don't you think it was a little weird that our friend got robbed? And then you were like, well, sorry, I didn't have a gun in my face. And Sutton's like, no, I had a busy day, Kyle. What do you want from me? And Kyle's like, um, uh, Kyle's like Amber Heard's lawyer having to like think of a way to rephrase the question when she gets objected to. And she's like, okay, um, 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 wasn't it, you didn't have your designer, your problems weren't, uh, um, like, don't you think it was weird? And Sutton just completely shuts her down. She's like, no, I have no, I don't feel any kind of way about it. You know, it's fine. I'm good. And I... (laughs) I kind of respect Sutton for not like giving into what Kyle wants this moment to be, even if I think it's like weird. And Sutton says that she doesn't do well with guns or robberies. And Kyle's like, bitch, me neither. Like who would just like weird things all around. And I love that. I love that. I'm loving this. I'm loving this season. I'm having a good time so far and I'm excited to keep recapping it. Definitely some fun guests lined up. It will not always just be me talking to myself. I promise. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? 
Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Before we go, I just want to talk about Below Deck Sailing Yacht a little bit. Some some observations that I've made because I've been catching up. I know I haven't talked about it on here in a really long time. And I know not all of you watch it, I'm sure, but I know a lot of you do. And a lot of you have thoughts also because this season of Below Deck Sailing Yacht has been quite spicy. And I I just have so many feelings about Miss Ashley, our third stew, who desperately wants to be a second stew. And Daisy fucking icon will not give her the satisfaction. In this week's episode, we have a new Stu coming on, Scarlet, who has very little experience. She's like, oh, I worked on a catamaran in San Diego for like five minutes. And Ashley's like, uh-huh. Okay. Great. You have no experience? Great. I have a little. I've been on this boat for so long. I, okay. Let me go talk to Daisy. And two different times in this episode, she goes up to Daisy and is like, so have you thought, have you given any more thought to the second stew position? I, do you want me to like state my case? She has no experience. Daisy. And Daisy's like, no, I mean, you're misunderstanding. I, okay. I actually really respect Daisy's leadership position in this case because Ashley doesn't want to be second stew because of the like career boost that it would give her. Usually on these shows, when people get promoted, it's like, oh, yay, this will help me advance in my yachting career. Ashley literally just wants to boss somebody around. That was why she had such an issue with Gabriella the whole fucking season. That was why she's already seeing Scarlet as like her number one competition. And it's like when Daisy's like, whether you're second or third stew, you're still a toilet cleaner. Girl, calm the fuck down. And then, <laughs> I mean, that's not even to mention. Ashley really is like carrying this show in the worst way possible for her. Like it reflects very poorly on her because not only is she a nightmare in the work department, in the personal life department, first of all, I haven't talked about Bullard Duck in a while. So let's just address the fact that like a few weeks ago, she basically sexually assaulted Gary. He was like almost passed out drunk. And she's like, I'm putting it in. I'm putting it. Ha ha. We had sex. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Gary has said numerous times he doesn't remember. And she's like, ha ha ha. No, we fucked. And it's like, that is extremely cringe. I don't know if anybody else on the boat like hasn't just like doesn't realize how not able to give consent he was actually he was pretty able to give the opposite of consent he was like no no i don't want to i don't want to stop like so cringe but then she's like waving it in everyone's face that she and gary had sex even though he's like first of all i don't remember second of all i don't want to talk about it and then Scarlet comes. Gary is, of course, immediately flirting with her because, you know, <laughs> I love Gary, but he cannot help himself. And immediately, Ashley's like, she's the competition, must annihilate. Ashley has this like robot brain where she's like, I see hot blonde 
talking to Gary must exert force. Must, must interfere. And it's like, you look awful. Plain and simple. I don't know. I am really enjoying the season. I'm glad I'm caught up now. Hopefully I'll get to talk about it a little bit more, but mostly I just had to get on here and vent about Ashley. I mean, God. A plus casting though. Great job. Great job to the production team because this show, the glow up that Below Deck Sailing had from season one, which was deeply okay, not great in any way. Season two, outstanding. Season three, outstanding. They really have hit their stride. I think Daisy is a fabulous chief stew. I think Daisy and Gary are like a great combo. I liked seeing at the NBCU upfronts earlier this week, they had lots of Bravo Lebs there. Of course, everybody was posting about the group of housewives that were there. I feel like that was kind of like all over. But I was interested to see who they had there from the other shows because they had from the Below Deck universe, I guess. Captain Glenn was there. Daisy was there. They love Sailing Yacht. They're into Sailing Yacht. It's not going anywhere. They also had Malia, Colin, Macy O'Toole from Below Deck Med, who I'm pretty sure hasn't been on in a couple seasons. So I'm like, is he coming back? I don't know. I'm, I don't really keep up with like Below Deck filming tea. Who knows? That's like too much for me. Um, but yeah, very exciting stuff. I'm loving Below Deck. I'm loving Beverly Hills. I'm I'm loving that Lisa and Lenny are getting divorced while they're filming season five of Miami. Um, You know, I'm just loving life right now. And I am so glad we got to talk today. And thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales-Pico. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.